You're listening to the Expansion Chronicles, a podcast about expansion of startups into the U.S. On this podcast, we talk about the main mistakes that founders make while trying to move from their home turf and build divisions of their companies in the U.S. We try to explain how to avoid these pitfalls and what tools can be helpful in this complicated process. So if you are a founder located outside of America and think of growing your company in the States, this podcast is definitely for you. So let's jump into the episode. And today's guest speaker, we have Seed Metal, Head of Revenue Growth at Global Star Partnerships at Freshworks. And this episode is fully focused on selling to the U.S. customers while working remotely, how to get started, how to set up the sales pipeline, and so on and so forth. And of course, we're going to talk about Freshworks and their Global Star Partnerships program. So, Sita, let's kick it off by you giving us some background on yourself and on Freshworks. Thank you so much. Uh, first and foremost, absolute pleasure being here. Uh, I know this is my first time at a podcast. I'm really excited to meet everyone. Uh, just to get a little bit of introduction about what I do. Uh, so my name is Sid Mittal. Uh, I head the revenue growth for the Freshworks for Startups program at uh, Freshworks, which is a company in the, uh, in, the, you know, in the space of providing products in the employee experience, customer experience, and CRM space. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, so I've been with Freshworks for about seven years, uh, started, started off as an account executive, uh, selling our ITSM offering fresh service in the North America market. Uh, what really drives me is uh, my passion and my love for solving customer issues. Uh, so that's where uh, I started and that's what I love doing the most. Uh, so be it uh, in any segment of customers from startups to enterprises, uh, you know, the passion and the love for solving customer problems is what drives me and uh, you know that's what i've been doing and that's why i love doing what i'm doing so far right yeah. so fresh work is a big organization uh, let's let's start with discussing a little bit more in depth and specifically your star program so uh what exactly is the star program at fresh work focused on is there a particular field that you like to work with or is it just you know generalist uh program uh so fresh work for startups uh, the goal is for upcoming companies for us uh, to educate them and help them mm-hmm. on what we did right and what we could have done right during our growth phase. Okay. Uh, so Freshworks was started uh, back in 2010 mm-hmm. uh, by Girish Matrabodham. So he started off in a small apartment in Chennai, India. And uh, today we are uh, you know listed on NASDAQ. Uh, we have over uh, 4,000 employees across all over the globe. Uh, so we've had our journey. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've been part of the journey, like I mentioned before as well, for about seven years now. Uh, so even I've experienced a number of things that we've done, which has worked for us, and a number of places where our processes could have been better. Uh, okay. So with, that is the mission behind us starting the Freshworks for Startup program. Uh, so we've divided this into uh, three main parts. So what are our motives behind the program? Uh, the first thing is mentorship and resources, mm-hmm. where we want to mentor startups. Uh, we want to provide them resources. We want to connect them with the best thought leaders in the market and hope that our story can inspire them to grow big as well. Uh, the second thing is we are looking to build a community uh, where we want, uh, you know, we have a large group of startups together and we're able to build a place where every startup is able to help the other. So we want to make sure that a community is built and through building a community, we are able to help startups win each other's customers. So that's the, the second uh, goal that we have in mind. And the third point is what can we do as a product company to help these startups? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so like i mentioned you know we are in the in the business of providing products in the customer experience and employee experience space uh, so what we do is we offer our products with free credits for startups so that they can acquire customers uh, handle customer requests more efficiently so that, that's the third uh, motive behind us having the program so just to you know sum it up uh, we want to help startups grow educate them on the best practices Uh, the second part would be to build a community, and the mm-hmm. third thing is uh, see what we can do as a product company and offer a product to, uh, you know, Perfect. help them out with with the best of our abilities. Perfect. I love the you know, the concise uh, list here. Thank you for summing it all up. Uh, in that case, we covered all the Freshwares discussion. Now, if anyone realizes that you know Freshwares sounds like something that they could benefit from, or you know your startup program is something that they could benefit from. Definitely reach out to that to see it. I'm gonna leave uh, some links to his socials, so you will have an option to follow up after this interview. Uh, but now let's jump into the discussion of uh, this specific episode, which is building sales pipelines in the U.S. So let's start with mistakes. That's my personal favorites. <laughs> What are the major uh, selling mistakes when just first starting to sell to prospects in the U.S. for international founders specifically? All right. Uh, so what I would suggest is uh, for a new company, especially during the early phases, it's very important to hire right. Uh, so you need to right. spend a lot of time in hiring the right kind of folks and educating them on how to, or, you know, what, what is the kind of culture that you're looking to build. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might not necessarily be well equipped to sell the product that you have, but you need to look for people who might fit your culture and who have the ability to learn. Uh, so the first thing I would say is that you know, be it selling in North America or you know, to selling to any clients in general, uh, my first advice to would be to uh, make sure that the right kind of candidates are hired. The second thing is uh, about having an efficient. Sales training or you know sales playbook in place. Mm-hmm. So a lot of uh, revenue making or uh, you know customer acquisition depends on how good you are at uh, you know having continuous customer conversations. Yep. So it's not necessarily uh, you know going ahead and just giving a discount and closing the deal. It mm-hmm. doesn't really work like that. It's it's about yep. you know building a pipeline. It's about building a long standing. Relationship with the customer, uh, so you understand their problems. Do a very uh, deep, do a deep dive into what their requirements are. See how those requirements can be solved. So it, it's about having a very meritorious process in place. Uh, you know, you have to have a. It might be a little boring at times, uh, and very cliched in our uh, you know side of business where a CRM discipline is very important. Documenting your conversations are very important. Yeah, having context. Of what you're talking to the customer is very important. 100%. So these these things is what I would say that you know, uh, you know, going ahead and not having a process in place and just uh, you know starting to sell uh, might work initially, but if you want to build a, a scalable engine, it's very important you have a rule book in place where you ensure certain number of touch points happen and there is a sales discipline which is being followed. So if oh. if that happens, then we are we're more or less good to go. I absolutely agree with you here, Sid. Me, as I was first starting to make sales, 
frequently made that mistake that you've just mentioned, which is having no context about the conversation. And I jump into the call. And I'm like, all right, what, who is that person? What am I supposed to talk to them about? And I spend the first like couple of minutes trying to carefully figure out who they are and what we're talking about. So yeah, definitely suggest to follow Sid's advice here and actually prepare the documentation beforehand uh, because it might bite you later on. Um, so let's let's talk about another thing that you've just mentioned, which is building trust, you know, long-term, especially with the customers. Um, it's very hard for a lot of international founders because Quite frequently, Americans are, uh, I'm not going to say frequently, I'm just going to say sometimes American customers uh, get scared off when uh, you have to say that, oh, sorry, I don't have pay PayPal in my country. Could you make a wire transfer or, you know, use XYZ service because in my country, they don't allow PayPal for some unknown reason. Um, do you think that is the case or do you think that, you know, it's completely fine for international founders to build relationships while being in a completely different country or maybe literally on the other side of the world from the U.S.? Okay. Uh, so I've done that on my own. So I used to work uh, from the Chennai office, which is in India and miles mm -hmm. away from North America. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I understood was uh, that, you know, just talking on the phone is they might be hesitant, you know, they might just consider this to be a hoax call. They wouldn't know who they are talking to. Yeah. So I've always believed that there needs to be a face behind the conversation. Uh, so one of the things I started doing very early in my uh, you know, selling process was I tried to have as many video conversations as possible. So I, I would you know, mm -hmm. sign up on Zoom or a Citrix and make sure that the customer sees that, yes, there is a face behind the person who I'm talking to. It's not just a voice. And uh, that kind of helps, uh, you know, build a trust. And then you can always give them a little bit of background of where you are, what you're doing. Uh, having a solid social media presence also helps. So these things are very important. But if you ask me at a personal level, what really helped me uh, is the fact that I scheduled a lot of meetings which involved uh, video calls. So that's mm -hmm. something I highly recommend. Uh, right. Because initially when you're starting off, people are hesitant to talk over the camera. But... Ideally, uh, given the challenges, and if you're so far away, uh, if if even I was a customer, I wouldn't. I would first want to see who I'm talking to. Right. It just can't be a voice. So that's that's the one advice I would give uh, all salespeople. I would encourage them to get on video calls, have your conversations face to face. You know, the best uh, the best version of what you could do with the face to face. This, yeah. is, this is possibly what you can do if you can't be there. And pandemic definitely helps in this case because everyone is having conversations during or i mean uh through Correct. zoom or google meets uh so it doesn't matter where you live fact, you're gonna have uh, the same exact doing, conversation uh, exactly exactly yeah. in fact i've been doing remote sales much before uh you know the pandemic hit mm -hmm. and uh, this is something which has helped so you need to build a certain kind of trust so when the customer sees you he understands where you're coming from uh that is when you build a relationship and that is the first step towards actually winning the business Mm -hmm. where okay he sees that yes there is a person somewhere who really cares and who really wants to solve the problem for me right and uh, this this is the first step so this is something i would highly encourage uh, a lot of sales people to do don't it's not only about picking up the phone and talking it's about uh you know probably when you're having the big negotiation or the first discovery call make sure you go on a video call on a video call yeah absolutely even if the other person doesn't have their camera on just go with the camera. It's fine. Absolutely. It's going to feel, it Absolutely. feels a little bit awkward in the beginning, but it gets yes. better over time. <laughs> Correct. 
um, so in that case, let's let's talk a little bit more about the problems that uh, the founders listening to this podcast most usually have or frequently have, which is uh, you know starting to make the initial sales, the very you know let's say first ten sales for the entire company. How do they start that having very limited budget for sales and marketing, including you know a very tiny tiny sales budget? How would you recommend them making those initial one to ten sales? Okay, so when you know there's uh, you you're lower on budget or you have a stringent budget, uh, so generally, like I said before itself, right? There needs to be a discipline, mm-hmm. and uh, you need to have a metric-driven approach. Uh, you need to be very clear. So if you only have a pipeline of 10 leads, enough touches need to be done before you actually unqualify those 10 accounts. It's not that you call them two or three times and then give up saying, hey, this is not happening. You mm-hmm. need to get a little creative with your approach. Uh, and again, research matters. So if you know what this yeah. person wants, what his designation is, uh, what is the product that he's currently using, what are the possible challenges that you could be solving for him. And you, your first conversation with him or over email can be with regards to that, then chances of you getting the response becomes faster. It's not like uh, there's no guarantee that the account is going to close. Uh, but if the person on the other side feels that you have a decent amount of context about what this person's use case is, then there's, there's always a good starting point. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, be very mindful about, uh, you know, how you spend your time, um, uh, you know, spend enough time on running campaigns and, and see what is working, what is not working. And, you know, having a sales discipline becomes very important. So, right. Yeah, that that is something I would I would say. And being persistent again, and it's important you believe in your product and have a direction for what your goal is. Uh, sometimes, as an early stage company, what happens is that you believe your a product can do anything and everything. Uh, so you need to know what your limitations are and build the right target market. Hundred so, percent. Yeah, you need to understand what your uh, total addressable market is. And then you need to break that down into smaller pieces. You know, which geography is the one you want to go first after? Uh, what is the segment, whether it's an SME or a mid-market or an enterprise segment that you want to go after? So break it down into smaller segments. Uh, that is when, you know, you'll have a more focused approach and you'll know mm-hmm. uh, who are the set of customers you're going after. So uh, rather than going behind the entire market, uh, have a more focused approach. Something I would, I would advise. Great advice. That, that right is there. knowing the product market fit more than anything else. Absolutely. hundred percent agree with you here. And following up on what you said about, you know, having a faith in your own product, that is extraordinarily important. Rule of thumb of sales is, you know, if you are selling a product, you need to be able to sell it to yourself or you would buy it yourself personally, or you would sell it to your you know, close friends and family. If that's not the case, uh, maybe you don't actually believe in that product and selling it is not the best idea ever. Uh, so Sid, you mentioned uh, the sales discipline quite a few times and I do agree, it's extremely important. Um, do you have any tools that you would recommend for founders to you know, better have better context on each storing everything? Should it be Salesforce, should it be HubSpot or should it be some other kind of CRM for sales? Okay, so we have products in the CRM space as well. So I'm not going to give any names in specific. Uh, because I, I would leave it to the uh, you know to the founders to judge for themselves. Yeah. I would personally want them to try out Fresh Sales, which is our CRM. Uh, but in terms of what CRM? Uh, the, uh, it's called Fresh Sales. So that is our CRM offering for uh, the sales team and the customer acquisition process. Mm-hmm. So that, that is again part of our startup program and something that uh, we give free credits on. So I would suggest 
uh, you know, so something that a lot of founders can look at. Uh, but in general, uh, you know, not going to name companies, but the kind of products that uh, a company would need, uh, I would believe that the first thing that a founder should be investing is uh, would be a customer acquisition product and a customer experience product. So mm-hmm. for customer acquisition, you use a CRM uh, where your sales team could manage their pipeline. Uh, you could do your forecasting. You would understand your conversion percentages and so on. And the second thing would be the customer experience platform. Uh, which is a help desk, uh, which is going to help you to manage any request that comes in from your customers. Uh, you know, if they're reaching out to support or need any help in setting up the product and so on, uh, there needs to be a way you're able to handle your customers. So these are the first two things I would, I would uh, you know, really encourage the founders to go for. And apart from that, also identifying what are the major channels through which the customers could reach them out to. Yep. Um, so, you know, of course, there is email, which is a traditional channel. Uh, but a lot of customers now like to, uh, you know, interact via chat and chatbots. So that is something I would again suggest um, customers to look for. In fact, this is the space that Freshworks works in. So we have a product for uh, chat, which is, uh, we have a product for a help desk offering and we have a product for a CRM as well. Uh, so products in this line is what I would suggest would, uh, would be of the of most importance. Uh, mm-hmm. Apart from that, you know, probably have a product where they're able to run a drip campaign, where they're able to spend a lot of emails out are they able to do a bigger outreach? That is again something they can be looking at. Looking right. at. Yeah. 100%. I agree with you here pretty much on every single point that you've mentioned in the entire episode so far. <laughs> so that was just some great success rate on your side there. Um, so let's let's just wrap it up here before we move on to the very last question, Sid. Um, let's, could you just sum it up into the, uh, sorry, again. Ton of Slack messages and getting distracted. <laughs> uh, could you just sum up some key things that you want the founder to do in order to achieve those, you know, initial sales in the US specifically while they are outside of the United States? What are some first, let's say, first four to five steps that they need to make in order to make the first sales in the US? Okay. Uh, so, like I said, understand the the market you're going after, mm-hmm. the time, and see if there is a need and understand the group of people who would have that need. Second thing is, what is the segment that you will want to go after? Is it going to be the mid-market segment or an SME segment or an enterprise segment? Based on that, they need to plan what kind of marketing events they would want to do or what kind of outreach they will want to do. Mm-hmm. So this is what I would suggest as, as an initial step. Uh, apart from that, like I said, you know, following a few best uh, good, good steps, like uh, getting on calls, uh, switching on the videos and so on. So it's, it's an overall thing, uh, but it comes down to, like I said, uh, building a product, understanding the market fit, uh, understanding what are the segment of uh, you know uh, customers that you want to go after, uh, mm-hmm. what your outreach plan to those customers is going to be like, are you going to have an inbound approach or an outbound approach? And once you build the approach, what your sales engagement should look like. Uh, would you want the salesperson to first email them or give them a call? Uh, when should the second call go out? What kind of email should happen during the evaluation phase? Uh, what kind of technical support needs to be given? How do you want to onboard the customer? So you need to have your plan ready, right from customer acquisition to when uh, you know the uh, the customer actually becomes a paying customer. From the time he comes to your website to when they start paying, you need to have a plan for the entire journey. Right, hundred yeah. percent agreed. Again, on this you know, very optimistic note. 
due to the fact that I'm agreeing with every single point that you've mentioned on this episode, let's move on to the very last question of today's episode, which is a call to action. So, Saint, what do you want the listener to do as soon as this episode is over? Okay. Uh, ideally, I would want them to go ahead and sign up for the Fresh Doctor Startup Program. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. In that case, uh, that's a great call to action. Very simple, simple call to actions yield the highest <laughs> results. So that's that's a great call to action. Um, my call to action is going to be as simple as SIDS. I'll include a bunch of links in the description of this episode. I'll also follow up with SID to make sure that I include all the things that you mentioned because I have an extremely short memory and I didn't manage to write down everything that you said that needs to be included there. So if you have memory as bad as mine, check out the description of this episode. There are going to be a few links there and there's going to be also summaries of this conversation. And as usually, have a good day.